podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. He is a former snooker world champion. He loves FPL. It's the Thunder from Down Under, Neil Robertson. Yeah, great shot. Brilliant stuff from Neil Robertson. Fantastic. What a moment for the Melbourne man. With a 147. Neil, let's talk a little bit about FPL and, of course, your love for Chelsea. Last year, I was in the top 15 or 20k towards the end of the season. And Lampard came in and I actually put Chelsea players in. Oh, it was the heart over the head. We've all been there. Yes, I know. And I just, (laughs) that was my first season trying doing FPL properly. And I sort of stuck to a real plan of like, just don't pick Chelsea players. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you you know, you, you pick with your heart and not your head. And I was thinking, Lampard, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to play attacking football, you know, like his first spell when we played really attacking. And I thought, yeah, Havertz is going to be on the pens. You know, he's going to get loads of opportunities. And I put Havertz in, I think, you know, and I didn't oh, have uh, so I like didn't me, have that Wilson from Newcastle. Um, Watkins oh, as well, maybe? Did you go? Because I went yeah, Havertz, no, but everyone yeah, else yeah, was going no, Watkins. I went, yeah, I went Havertz over Watkins. Yeah. And I, I, oh, cost me so much. That was about a 40-point swing over like five, six game weeks, I think. Yeah, it was massive. And also the 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 other big mistake is as well is that I put um I had Isak over uh, Wilson. Uh and yeah, that was a common cool one. That game week 36, it, it completely double. destroyed my ranking. Completely destroyed my ranking that. And I was victim of the uh the good old um FPL site crash, you know, fifteen minutes oh, before when you're wow. trying to do your team at the last minute, you're trying to do it. And I remember um Andy Murray put it on Twitter as well. He was I like complaining. That. And I said, Yeah, it's a joke, like the 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 best managers kind of get punished with that. And he actually responded to me. He goes, yeah, I know, it's so frustrating. So that was pretty cool to have a little interaction with Andy Murray on, on Twitter about uh, FPL of all things. So That's um, funny. You saying yeah, that about really Andy cool. Murray is the equivalent of like me saying it about you. Like, here I am speaking <laughs> to like, like former world number one snooker player about FPL. It's crazy yeah, how this game is kind of... So, Neil, just to go back to give you some... I don't want to sound like crazy stalker here, but I actually met you. I was looking for my photo reel. In 2010, you were playing snooker in Gloucestershire, and I was working for the BBC as a young reporter. And I said, Neil, can I have an interview? And you were so kind enough to go, yeah, let's have a chat. Oh, how about that? 13 years years ago, so here we are again. (laughs) Let's have a look at your team then. You've put together your first draft, and we can see it on screen. I'm looking at it now. I mean, straight Mm -hmm. away, it jumps out at me as like a very well-built team heavily invested in a couple of teams that not only have good value assets and we know from last season are a very solid team but also good run of fixtures so triple Brighton triple Arsenal double Man City double Man United uh, double Chelsea so it, yeah it's a well put together team talk us talk us through your thinking um, starting with start at the back you've not got, you've not gone got any Liverpool players there so you've not got Trent or Salah same as me Um but the prices are high on those guys and you look like yes. you've got the defenders well covered. Yeah, I think um, so the team is kind of based on how I've seen things now in preseason. So Liverpool are playing Trent as like a pure number six. They're not playing yeah. him as kind of like an inverted uh, fullback the same way that he was playing towards the end of last season or as with like Stone's place for City. Mm. They're playing him actually as like a, a number six with like two eights in front of him. And if he's, I mean to pay 8 million there's like no one's paying 8 million for rice are they you know <laughs> yeah. so um and if he's playing at number six role i can't see how he's going to be able to get out wide to whip balls in and to you know so i'm thinking that it's probably going to be a temporary thing until liverpool kind of bring in like a pure number six and then they maybe will 
play Trent in that role that he played so well towards the end of last season. Yeah. And then I may have like some adjustments to do for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I just think the value of like, you know, Shaw was, was, was really, really good last season. Um, you know, attacking threat, his defending was great last season and it, uh, going forward, um, very good. Um, Gabrielle was was brilliant for Arsenal all season, really. Um, and you know, Saliba's just signed a new contract, so he's going to be, you know, playing alongside him, which which was was a huge blow for Arsenal. Probably, yeah. you, be fair to say, it it went a long way into costing them the title. You know, when Saliba was out, they started you know, conceding a lot more goals. They looked didn't look anywhere near as as, as solid at the back. Yeah, um, I think Steele's a great choice for Brighton. You know, because yeah, I think. Did he get a couple of assists last year? Yeah, I, I think he did. He... He's a, he's amazing yeah, so, with his feet. He's really, yeah, really he's good so footballer. good with his feet, and they play that long ball up, you know. And um, uh, yeah, he's you know, and 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 Brighton are a good team, you know. They 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 look really solid. Um, Estupinan as well, you know, great at getting forward. He he could have got a lot more attacking returns last season. He was quite unlucky with some you know a bit of poor finishing from Brighton. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy with the the defense. Um, I think and you've the, got Chilwell. Kabore uh, so got... is, uh, I think he's like a wing back or something, right? For Luton, so and yeah. it's like four million. So, you know, you you need the four million player in there somewhere. He might become um, the four million to go to. Like, I think Luton have got a couple. They've got Bell. Burnley have got Bayer. Um, I think there's there's one or two options elsewhere. I think Ball you know who's, who's an option is uh, is actually the Chelsea right back, yeah, uh, Gusta, who was really good James... in a friendly the other day. Yes. If James, for some reason, is not fit or misses a month, he absolutely will be going into my team. I'm even thinking about having him there just on the bench for a just-in-case if James picks up a knock. I thought um, the same thing. And there's a few managers going, Reese and Gustone, and you've always got the Chelsea right back. The only issue with that, whilst I think it's a good idea, the flip side is if Chelsea become really, really good and we want three Chelsea starters in our team, let's say you want Chilwell and Kunku and Mudrick, because they're flying and they're winning four or five nil every week, then that Gusto slot effectively blocks you from a third Chelsea asset. Yeah, but true. But yeah. if Reese ever gets injured, straight in. One minute, what we know from Poch from his Spurs days, he asks a lot from those fullbacks, wingbacks, and they will get shots aplenty and FPL points plenty. 5.5 million for Chilwell, I think it's a bit of a steal. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to have him in. Um and, and again, with the fixtures, you know, the, the fixtures look so strong. The midfield, I think, is probably like a bit of a standard midfield. You know, the Saka, I think, you know, Foden with... Um, I know Grealish had like a really strong season last season, but I just don't think he kind of brings the attacking returns. He doesn't offer that threat of, you know, maybe scoring two goals and getting two assists in a game. Like those big returns, yes. you know, like he'll, he'll come in with a goal every now and again or an assist. He seems to kind of carry the ball so well and do all the hard work before the attacking returns come in, if I'm you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, you know, like the the pre-assist, you know, the yeah. amazing ball which leads to the person just cutting it back for the tap in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that you know, that's kind of the, the Grealish role. Um uh yeah, so Foden for sure. Um, you know, Rashford, I think I mean he's just absolutely nailed on. Yeah, I'm quite happy with having Rashford over over Bruno for now. And I think that Mount coming into the team. If, if if Mount actually starts for United and you've got Casemiro in behind them, they're playing Bruno and Mount as two eights. And I think yeah. that would take away a bit from Bruno in terms of the the, the attacking side of things. Similar kind of point with um, with Saka as well. You know, with Odegaard, I don't think Odegaard will get anywhere. For one, I cannot see him scoring 15 or 16 goals yeah. again. 
there's just no way he scored too many goals from sort of like you know outside the box that just yes. thundered into the bottom corners along the ground. Uh, you know they're great finishes, but I can't see him scoring eight or nine wonder goals again. Yeah. Um, and again with uh, the signing of Havertz, you know how are Arsenal going to line up? You know with Rice as the pure number six, and then probably Odegaard and Havertz as the two number eights. Again, Odegaard then comes back. He's not that free ten kind of role. Um, you know, again, which it changes the structure of, of Arsenal a bit. So I've gone for Saka there because he'll like still that. be in that um, right wing position, and uh, I assume he'll be on pens. Saka, I guess yeah. Saka would still be on pens. And you're so right with the Odegaard sort of goals from last season because I was looking in the fantasy football scout members area earlier, and I think he was sixth or seventh Odegaard for over over expectation on his xG, so overperforming ah, his xG, okay. which showed us that he was scoring worldies effectively, and that probably unless you're Messi or Ronaldo, that's probably not sustainable to keep scoring these these low xG chances. Yes, he's a very good finisher, probably not an elite top tier finisher and therefore you think his output will drop a little bit but interestingly enough it was Martinelli I think was also third in the list this is all of last season all the players in the Premier League Martinelli and Odegaard both top 10 for overperforming their XG so it makes you think maybe next season we'll see a little dip or maybe they prove me wrong and they are just elite finishers but yeah I'm mm. with you Saka's worth that extra 0.5 on Martinelli and you get penalties assurance of playing 90 minutes most weeks as well like Martinelli's yes. in my team I've got Saka too but I know with Martinelli as soon as they're not playing well at 70 minutes we'll see Martinelli's number come up and he'll be the first attacking sub to come off yeah and constantly Odegaard and Saka swapping with, Tross- with Trossard as well yeah. now that Jesus is back in there's no way Gabriel Jesus is going to be um uh is going to be on the bench. Like, there's just no yeah. way he'll be. Arteta leading, loves him, doesn't he? Sure. Yeah. 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 His work off the ball and everything, you know, he, he, yeah, no, too, too strong there. The option is obviously Matoma instead of Mbomo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just have to wait and see. That could like, that, that is open to chopping and changing. Um, yeah. So I couldn't really think of any other sort of like 5.5 mids that kind of look, look like a real steal or something that could like sort of, make an impact in the team. So I, I I don't really, you know, Gallagher for Chelsea, I think Chelsea might sell him actually. I, I think uh, we yeah, had a 40 million pound down, bid turned down. So I think that, I don't think Chelsea want to sell him and, and Potter really loves him. You know, you can see how much he's paid him in the preseason so far and his work yeah. rate is incredible. Um, but if a bid for 50 million comes in for an academy player, it, it's pretty hard for a club to turn that down. I think, if Mudrick gets off to a fire, then I think people could have a choice to make from Matoma and Mudrick, I think, because they're both they're both 6.5. Yeah. I think, right? So, you know, and it will be, and a lot of people will be curious to see how Brighton sort of start as well. You know, obviously lost a couple of players and, um, you know, if Casado leaves as well, you know, where that kind of leaves them. Um, but I still think Brighton will, 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 will play really good football this season for sure. Uh, yeah, the, the forwards... Uh, Nkunku, um, I really, really like. You know, I followed him a lot um, when he was at Leipzig and um, good penalties records, really good at free kicks outside the box as well. Got a very yep. good conversion rate there. Um, and, you know, he gets assists, he gets goals, he kind of can play anywhere uh, in the front three or even behind a striker. Um, so I think that he will just always play for Chelsea and the fact yep. that we're only playing once a week, there'll be no need to kind of like rest him um, or anything like that. He can play on the left. He can play number 10. He can play as a striker. You know, he can play on the right. 
Um, I just see him playing every single week unless he's injured, for sure. Um, Jesus, I think, again, can, can play anywhere along the, the, the front three for Arsenal and lead the line as well. Uh, and then, you know, Haaland, obviously, I think. That's going to be interesting, though, because he's 14 million. It is yeah. a lot. If he it does go on a, on a little run of, of blanks, which is unlikely, but if he does, then it'll be really interesting to see if, if managers cash in and go, Salah and Kane are scoring week in, week out. We need funds for yeah. Salah and Kane. Let's make it happen. But for now, Haaland's going to be, yeah, the set and forget captain for everyone game week one. 85% ownership at the moment. That could even <laughs> rise. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think no matter what Haaland had come in at, we probably would have paid the If he had been 15 million, we probably would have paid the price. But yes, FPL no. managers... Is that the highest? Is, is, is 14 yeah, million 14. the highest? Van Persie, Van Persie was 14 and I think Thierry Henry was 14 once upon a time. So he's wow. joint highest ever. Just one final thing for me with regards to your gameplay with FPL and snooker, because just want to like clearly you're competitive like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which all sportsmen are but do you see any sort of strategy with snooker any sort of crossover with how that can benefit your fpl because the best fpl managers for me are those that are cool under pressure that that considered they plan ahead and you could argue you know many traits of a, a good snooker player could be seen as similar yeah very similar probably like i think with a lot of um yeah with a lot of a lot of sportsmen that would probably play fpl i think you know you need to um, you probably need to stick to a plan. You know, you need to be composed when you're making the changes, not to like panic, transfer players in and take hits and stuff. So yeah, just keeping calm under pressure. You know, because it's like you know, okay, it's not the same as you know, footballer playing in front of a stadium in front of forty thousand, or you know, me playing in front of you know millions on TV or something. Um, but at deadline day, I'm right under the pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with making that change but you, it, i think it's really important to like not just randomly transfer someone in you know stick to your plan yeah. i think is like the most important thing um and that's what cost me towards the end of last season i kind of i went away from my plan so i think that would be the tip for sure is to always like stick to your plan your gut instinct of, of what to do and and don't don't pick with your heart in terms of uh, players that play for your own team you know use, <laughs> use your uh yeah, make sure you're thinking properly and, and, and stick to the strategy. FPL or hitting a one four seven at the Crucible next year. What would you what would you go for? I'm not gonna say <laughs> oh winning the God. world champs because obviously winning the world champs would be it. You're a professional yeah, student yeah. fan, but one four seven at the Crucible or uh winning FPL. Um geez, winning FPL, that would be pr- that would be something. Um oh it if you said like a one four seven at like another tournament, I'd probably <laughs> say winning FPL. But one four seven at the Crucible is just too amazing. But um, FPL, not far behind though. Not far yeah. behind. Pretty cool. Thank you, mate. All right, cheers, Johnny. Thanks very much. For Sports Social Podcast Network.